Good morning, folks. Let's get started. Can you hear me, Paul? He can, Paul can hear me this time. All right, we're having a little issue with the soundboard, not wanting to send signal wherever it's supposed to go this morning, all right? He lives, page 533 in the Great Hymn Book. I serve a risen Savior. Let's all stand. Yeah, you can't sing this from sitting down. Let's all stand. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always here. He lives, He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. On the second verse. In all the world around me, I see His loving care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that He is leading through all the stormy blast. The day of His appearing will come at last. He lives, He lives, Salvation lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. On that last verse now, let's really sing out. You know, I can't hear you. I want to hear you. Come on now. Blow me off the porch. I don't have my hearing aids yet. (laughs) But blow me off the stage. Blow these three off the stage too. All right. On the last voice, rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, so Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujah to Jesus Christ the King. The hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. The mother is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. Are you going to reach? He lives within my I heard you that time. All right. Good morning, everyone. Isn't it a beautiful, glorious day? Yes. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the joy that we heard. Lord, we thank you for the joy that fills us and overflows today, Father. The joy that is supplied by Jesus Christ, your Son. The King of kings and the Lords of lords, Father. We thank you, Father, for this service that we will have today. Father, that lives will be touched. The Word will bring life, liberty, and it will bring a future of hope. Father, we thank you for this time that we have together, together, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we can receive the offering. And that way we can go on with the praise and the worship and the rest of the service. We want to thank God that as we come together this morning, that there are marvelous things that are happening in Liberty Baptist Church tonight. 
our youth from the little bitty ones to the elementary, to the mid-high and high school, they will be in here this evening. You need to be here. The elders need to come and pray over the youth. You don't often get the chance to see them, but you need to be here this evening if you're an elder and you want to encourage and call down blessings from heaven. Come and believe in what God's wanting to do with our young people. Amen? That'll be at 6.30. That's basically what the evening service will be about this evening. Those of you who say, well, I, I, I really got, I need to watch a ball game. You know, okay. But you need to be praying and active for, over what God wants to do for our young people at Liberty Baptist Church. All right, that's this evening. Now then, on w Wednesday night, we'll be having a special Passover evening service. I can't tell you everything about it, but you need to come. Because when God said to Moses, He said, When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Have you felt like that something has got a, a bullseye target upon you, and it's gotten a hold of you, and you want God to say, Leave him alone. Leave her alone. Then you need to be here on Wednesday night so that you can claim that God sees the blood. Amen? You need to be here for that. Let's see this, this coming uh, Saturday morning will be the men's prayer breakfast. Women, you need to tell the men they need to come for prayer. You can say, well, why do I need to do that? Get them out of the house. <laughs> Amen? Amen? That way you don't have to prepare any breakfast. They can go out and have breakfast. All right? So get them out of the house. And, but not only that, you need to say, now then you need to go to prayer because prayer changes things. And buddy, you need some change. All right, you can tell the preacher told you so. All right, so that's going to be on this coming um, uh, Saturday. Next Sunday, we will have a one service morning. This will be the only service that we have. Sunday school will be happening in different places, but this will be the only morning worship service. We'll be having the Lord's Supper, the Blood Covenant. We'll be coming together for one service to be able to celebrate the resurrection. Make sure everybody knows about that. I'll be here early in the morning in case they show up at 8 o'clock or they show up at 9.30. I can say, we got Sunday school. We won't have any 8 o'clock. I'll sing songs with them for a little while and, and bring something out of the Scriptures, but it'll just be me and them. And that way when we come together, there will be no meal next week. No meal. There is a meal today in the cafeteria. When you get finished, you can go back to the cafeteria. You can say, what is it? It's in the bulletin. I can't keep up with all of those facts. So you can go and go look at that. It'll cost $5. Here's the deal. If you're a visitor, you don't have to pay. Some of y'all are saying, well, how can I change everything so that I can claim to be a visitor? Talk to me. Come and tell me, can I get to be a visitor today? But you're going to have to ask me. And I'm not going to say, no. I'm going to find a way for you to be able to be a visitor. All right? So you need to let me know. All right. One other thing, when we have the meal today, we have some people who have special needs. They need to get to the front of the line quickly. If you see them behind you or beside you, and they're leaning on somebody else, or they've, they're looking kind of a little bit weak, let's kind of funnel them on up and get them to the front of the line. All right. I think we're ready to... Are, are there any guests or visitors in the congregation this morning? Anybody that wants to be a guest when it comes time for the meal? There you go. I see some of y'all. All right, over here. Who do we have? It's so good to have you with us. God bless you. Thank you. Make sure that we, uh, we get a visitor's card for, for her this morning. And over here we have, we have uh, uh, Patricia and we have David. And we want to thank God that he's... I want y'all to know something. A, a few weeks ago... I would have said, you will never see him in church again. And he's here this morning because his strength is returning, but he's been through a really difficult time, and we have many people who are in that same condition, and we want him to know that we are thankful to God for what's getting ready to happen in his life. All right, we have those guests and visitors, and it's good to have you here. Are there any birthdays or anniversaries? You missed yours. Well, we want to sing happy birthday to Patricia. Any other birthdays or anniversaries? We have one over here, brother. Where? Where? Oh, yes. We have a man over here who's 39 again. That's Brother Paul. Amen. Thank God. 
Thank God. 39. Now I want you to know something. He's been playing the piano for Liberty Baptist Church for more than 39 years. Now how he manages to get to be 39 again is a secret that I know and I can share it with you. I'll be glad to be able to share that with you. George, what are you doing today? Happy birthday to you. Are you 39 again also? There you go. Now then I have to ask Patricia. Patricia? 29. That's, I'm, I'm glad you're saying that because every woman never gets older than 29 and every uh, man never gets older than 39. And you can say, well, how does that happen? I'll be glad to share it with you. Yes, ma'am. Oh, really? I, I see him. You've got your arm around him there. <laughs> Now then, I want you to know the reason that Tommy's not here right now is because he has other things that he takes care of before and during the service and everything like that. That's why he'll, you'll see him in a little while come in here. And uh, so but we want to thank God for this. So we're going to sing happy birthday. We're all birthday people again. Oh, Paul, you don't have to stand up for this one. We'll just, we'll just clap our hands for you. Ready to go? Happy birthday to you. Only one will not do. Born again in Christ Jesus. Happy birthday to you. Tommy, would you stand up? Tommy, 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 would you stand up? Okay, let's sing happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary. God bless you. Happy anniversary to you. Now then, I, I need to ask a question. How many, what is this, the number of this anniversary? How many anniversaries? 52. And she's only 29 years old. And he's only 39 years old. Don't you enjoy coming together and having fun at the throne of God? Now then, we're going to pray and ask God to watch over us today and be with the church everywhere. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we receive the offering at this time because you're a God who says, I am determined to bless. He says, I don't really like knocking people down so that they can be blessed. So he's given us ways so that we can know that we're going to be blessed. One of those ways is when we bring tithes and offerings in. We do not make the church rich in this. There's so much that goes out. What we do is we ask you to open windows and you say, Wow! My people believe I want to bless and open the windows of heaven. And we say, Yes, we do, Lord. We need it for individuals here and that should be here. We need it for families that are here and should be here. We need it for the nation. Because yes. everybody in the nation... We, we believe you want to bless because of Israel. Because every blessing came because you chose to bless Abraham. And we pray for all of these things today. In Jesus' name, and the church says, Amen. 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 We're receiving the offering now. Let's go ahead. Y'all may be seated. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. Of suffering and shame, and I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of love sinners was slain. So I cherish the old rugged cross. Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown on the last To the old rugged cross I will ever be true, it shame and reproach gladly bear. For he'll call me someday to my home far away, where his glory forever 
So I'll cherish the old rugged Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown How many here believe that that old rugged cross can bring victory into so many situations. How many times in your life or my life have we had things happen and we thought, Lord, why is this happening? And then afterwards, we see the results, we see the fruits. And there is victory to be found in every breath of life, and it's because of Jesus. Victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story. I heard an old, old story How my Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning Of His precious blood's atoning Then I repented of my sin And won His victory Oh, victory in Jesus My Savior forever He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me and i knew him and all my love is to him he plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood i heard about his healing of his cleansing power now he made the lame to walk again And he caused the blind to see And then I cried, dear Jesus Come and heal this broken spirit And somehow Jesus came and brought to me his victory Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him. Come, my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood on the third I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory and I heard about those streets of gold beyond the crystal sea about the angels singing and the old redemption story and some sweet day we'll sing up there his song of victory now sing out everybody oh victory in Jesus my Savior forever sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me I knew him and all my love is to him he plunged me 
you may be seated. You know, there's nowhere on this old earth that we go that we can escape Jesus. You know, we think there's times, I'm just going to go into my little cubicle and I'm going to foster my little sin. But just like Adam and Eve couldn't hide from God in the Garden of Eden, we can't hide from Jesus either. Thank you, God. But thankfully, He hides my soul in the cleft of the rock. He has that special little place that we can go to that He always provides us shelter from the wind, from the storms of life. So He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. A wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord, my wonderful Savior to me. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. He gives a pleasure I see. That shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hides my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. He taketh my burden away. He holdeth me up and I shall not be moved. He gives me the day by day. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He that chorus one more time. He hideth my soul in the cleft of a rock that shadows a dry thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of His love and covers me
Amen. 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 all I can get. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I'm only human. I'm just a man. Help me believe in what I could be and all that I am. Show me the stairway. I have to climb, and Lord, for my sake, teach me to take one day at a time, one day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's all I'm asking from you. Just give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus. And tomorrow may never be mine. Lord, help me today. Show me the way one day at a time. Do you remember? When you walked among me Well, Jesus, you know If you're looking below That it's worse now than this Pushing and shoving Teach me to take one day at a time. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's all I'm asking from you. Just give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Because yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be Lord, help me today, show me the way, one day at a time. One day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking from you. Just give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Because yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be Lord, help me today, 
show me the way one day at a time Lord help me today yes Lord show me the way one day at a time. Well, I hope I've made all the announcements that need to be made today because Brother John King is getting come, ready to come and bring the message. You can say, well, you know, usually whenever John comes and preaches, you're not here. Well, I want you all to know, I need to hear preaching too. And I want to thank God for the men and the women of Liberty Baptist Church who speak the word to me. And this man is always saying, let's go have lunch. And then I go have lunch with him and he's just taking the word and he's just using it ever which way on me. And I'm thinking after I get finished, oh, that is marvelous. And so here recently I thought it's time for him to come to the 11 o'clock service and I get to sit and be have the word spoken to me and you get it to have it spoken to you also. There's two things I'd like to share with you before he comes. One is an experienced surgeon addressed a question to a young intern assisting him during an operation. Young man, who do you consider the most important person in this operating room? The intern groped for a re an answer. He said, okay, what do I do here? If I say him, he might think that I'm trying to suck up to him and that won't make him happy. And if I, I don't really know, is he trying to say that maybe I'm important because I'm learning? I don't think that's the answer. So he looked at him and he said, well, I suspect it would be your assistants, the anesthesiologists, the nurses, and the technicians who assist you in such an efficient manner whenever you're doing an important operation like this to which the the experienced surgery said absolutely not the most important individual in the operating room is the patient <laughs> and right now he's coming up here to use the word it will affect him some i know because i get to sit in this place stand in this place but it's going to have an opportunity to affect you much more. Now then, let's suppose that you said, I don't need any anesthesia. I don't need any nurses. And they're trying to do the things that they do in there. And about, oh, I say after about five minutes, you decide I've had enough. And you get up and you walk out. All the things he could have done and the, the things that God could have used him to do would never have been accomplished and this man has the ability to speak the word. So you need to be praying for him when he comes up here so that he's able to speak the word to you. One more thing that I'd like to share with you a story as John is getting ready to come up here. There's a new preacher in the pulpit. The, old, the, the other preacher had to be out of the pulpit for some season due to one reason or another. And he had lined up a new preacher to come in to be in the pulpit and was going to be there preaching for an extended season while other things were being taken, taken care of. The, the congregation was thrilled with his first sermon. I mean, people went out. That was marvelous. The next Sunday, he preached exactly the same message. The third Sunday, he again stood up and he preached exactly the same message. One of the elders or the deacons or someone who felt like something needed to be said came to him and they said, that's a great sermon you've been preaching, but don't you have another sermon you could preach? To which the preacher replied, well, of course I do. And I will preach it as soon as you do something with the one I've been preaching. <laughs> now then, I don't think that John has that intention, but he is God's mouth today. Whoever is in this pulpit, we have many people who do that, who stand in this pulpit. Danny has stood in this pulpit. Uh, Tom Harmon has stood in this pulpit. Others are going to have the opportunity to stand in this pulpit. But it is God who's in charge. And you need to be in prayer for Him that God can skillfully use Him and weave Him and that we can respond to the Word. If you said, well, I've heard that Word before. Who knows in the hearing today what the Word is going to accomplish within all of us. Something different for every one of us. 
Because we're not going to respond to the Word in exactly the same way. And if we do, it's only going to be that one sermon. And then after that, we're going to be saying, well, I've never heard another one as good as that. No, I want to hear God every time we come together. Amen? Amen. So as he's getting ready to come up here this morning, there's a song that we sing sometimes. And if you know the course of this song, we want to make a statement to every evil spirit that has taken up place in, this, in America, in Shawnee, in our families, and somewhere in our area of presence. And we want to sing this song. Hear us, O spirits of darkness, so you will know where we stand. We are His servants, purchased with scars, bought by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of the Lamb. We're the people of God, called by His name, called from the dark and delivered from shame. One holy race, saints everyone, because of the blood of Christ. Jesus, the Son. We're the people of God. We're not the people of God when we don't hear Him. We may look like it. We may act like we're something like that. But if the Word is not doing something with us, and we're not allowing it to, we are in a desperate situation. Bring the Word, brother. Bring the Word. Amen. I was reminded many years ago when I was in seminary and they gave me student churches to preach in. And uh, those churches were uh, out in the country, good, wonderful farm people. And usually the farmer's wife was a school teacher as well. But anyway, the, the, the windows were always open. We had a great big stove out in the center of the church, and, and uh, uh, we, we kept coal in and, and uh, it's in the wintertime. And in the summertime, uh, we had a, a fan, but we, we left the windows all open. And here I was preaching on Genesis, and uh, I, I didn't notice, but the wind was pretty strong coming through. And I got to my sermon, and I was preaching pretty good. And uh, being new in this pulpit, I was worried and everything. And, and, and what happened was I wasn't watching. And, and one of my, my uh, uh, sermons went out the window. <laughs> and I got, to the <laughs> I got to the point where I said, and Adam said to Eve, you know, there's a leaf missing somewhere. <laughs> All kinds of things happen to preachers, especially when they're students, you know. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today, and forever. Hebrews 13 and 8 in your Bibles. The major theme of the book of uh, Hebrews is the unchanging Christ. The author contrasts the changeless Christ with the changing universe. And he writes, They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they shall all wax old, and doth, as doth a garment. And as a vesture, thou shalt fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Once, uh, then, then he does this. He contrasts the unchanging Christ as a Redeemer, as a sacrifice for sin, with the changing procession of the high priest. The high priest, once a year, on that great day of atonement, went behind the veil of the temple to sprinkle blood on the mercy seat. But Christ is the eternal uh, priest 
uh, who through the eternal spirit offered himself on the cross once and for all to bear the sins of many. Then the author contrasts the changing kingdoms of this world with the unchanging kingdoms of Christ. The world kingdoms are shaken down and the things that cannot be shaken may remain for we enter a kingdom which cannot be moved. Finally, the author of the book of Hebrews contrasts the unchanging of Jesus as a friend, unchanging as a teacher, unchanging as a companion, with an ever-changing friendless and associations with this life. He calls the role of the heroes of the faith. And from Abel down to David and Samuel, they all having served their day, and they've served their generation, and they've disappeared. By this time, too, the disciples had been lost in death, many of them, and many of their friends, and many of their loved ones, many who had taught them God's word. The early church members had died, many of them a martyr's death. It is in, in this connection that he hits this note in the text. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. In the days of the circuit rider, they would often have to ride uh, the, uh, through swollen rivers where there were no bridges and there were no ferries. And if they looked down from their horse to the raging river, they'd get dizzy and they might fall off. And so what they had to do was fix their eyes upon a great oak or, a, uh, or on the further bank, maybe a jutting rock or maybe a hilltop. And if they kept their eyes in front, then they, they'd pass by that river in safety. Here then is a test for troubled times. And you know, we live in, in some troubled times. And this, is, this is a text for a troubled world, for, a, for troubled souls. In the midst of a swelling flood, the ever-rolling stream of time, let us lift our eyes to the eternal Christ, the eternal Christ who is unchanging in His person, unchanging in His teaching, he is the unchanging Redeemer. Amen? Christ unchanging in His person. The same yesterday. How far back that takes us. Before the mountains were brought forth, or forever He had formed the earth and the world, Christ was the same. He was the same when the morning stars sang together. And he was the same when all the sons of God shouted for joy. He was the same when Abraham rejoiced to see his day and Moses wrote of him. He was the same when Balaam, the apostate uh, but eloquent prophet, standing on the mountain peak uh, in, in Moab, he, uh, he cried out, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not now. But there come a star out of Jacob and a scepter out of Israel. Christ was the same. When David sang his uh, everlasting, when he, when he sang his everlasting kingdom, Christ was the same. When Isaiah painted that masterpiece of his suffering and his triumph, Christ was the same. When the star of Bethlehem halted over, Beth, uh, uh, over Bethlehem. Christ was the same when he was transfigured upon the mount. Christ was the same when he was betrayed. When he was be, uh, denied. When he was spat upon. When he was crowned with thorns and hung upon the cross between two thieves. Christ was the same when he rose again from the dead and ascended into heaven and poured out the Holy Spirit upon his church, which we felt even today. Christ was the same when dying St. Stephen saw him standing at the right hand of God. Christ was the same when Paul and John and Christosom and Luther and Whitfield and Wesley and Modi, they all declared his redeeming love. 
Christ was the same. When your father and your mother told you about Jesus and you read the Bible together and worshipped together, Christ was the same when you gave your heart to him. The same today that he was yesterday, the same yesterday that he is at all times. Amen? Amen. Christ is unchanging as the teacher of divine truth. Man's three great questions in life. The three great questions are, what can I know? What ought I to do? What can I hope? Christ answers all of these questions. What can I know? I can know God, whom to know is to have eternal life. What, I to, what ought I to do? I ought to do the will of God. What can I hope? I can hope for a happy and blessed immortality beyond sin, beyond grief, and beyond death. As a teacher, Christ never changes. This is in contrast with earthly teachers. <laughs> I know about teachers. <laughs> this is a... Christ never changes as a teacher. This is in, uh, in contrast with teachers and earthly systems with vaunted conceptions and convictions on history and philosophy and science. All of them may one day just be a jest. But Christ never changes. Which one of his sayings has become obsolete or, out, uh, or outmoded? Which saying of Jesus needs a new revision? Our Father who art in heaven, do we need to change that? Hallowed be thy name. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Which one of many of Jesus' sayings should we change? Why? Is it obsolete today? No. Christ has withstood the, the severest of all tests. The tests of time. What he taught in the streets of Capernaum, he, he teaches in a thousand villages and cities today. What he taught in Jerusalem, he's teaching in New York and Los Angeles and Chicago and in Shawnee. As long as the, the uh, heart has passions, as long as life has misery, the words of Jesus will speak to the soul of man. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will never pass away. When St. John saw him standing in the midst of seven golden candlesticks with the seven stars in his right hand and his countenance flaming like the sun, and St. John fell at his feet as one dead, Jesus lifted him up and said, Fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. Today, a struggling mankind wants to know who has the keys? Who holds the keys of hell? We want to know who holds the keys to death? Who holds the keys of life? Well, education does not have the eternal keys. Well, I once thought it did. But I have known PhDs who have suffered mental anguish and committed suicide for, for want of an answer. Science does not have the eternal keys. Once we thought it did. And the world was worshipped at science's uh, altar. But now mankind, we begin to wonder what new and terrible device the mind of man will devise and the hand of man will fabricate to rain down destruction and death. Scientists themselves shudder at the thought of what science has brought forth. Science does not have eternal keys. The, politi the political leaders and statesmen, have you been listening to the news? The political leaders and statements, I can tell you, they do not have the keys. They are not. They are but men and women 
with passions like you and like me, there's no reason to expect that men and nations will not attempt the golden portals of the future with the blood-rusted keys of the past. Only Christ has those keys. Today again, we hear His voice as He confronts the weary nations. I am He that liveth and was dead, and behold, I have the keys. I am the way. Christ is the unchanging Redeemer from sin. The cross is the eternal fact, looking backward. Christ is the Lamb of God, slain from the foundations of the world. The cross is the eternal fact, even looking forward. For whenever the Holy Spirit prize open for a little while the windows of heaven, there is that music that you hear that comes floating down from heaven. Unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins, and in our own blood be glory and dominion now and forever floats down from heaven itself. There are those who in theory or practice leave out Christ as the unchanging once and for all Redeemer of sin. Today churches are being split, open, people moving this way and that. They're having huge fights. They tell us sometimes of Christ, this, this theory and this philosophy and this theology comes out of Germany and, and, and places like that, and, and it comes into our country, and they tell us of Christ the moralist. They tell us of Christ the teacher. They tell us of Christ the reformer. The redeeming Christ either does not exist, or if he does exist, redeeming love is the least important work of his office according to them. But once I have put all my hope in the redeeming Jesus Christ, since I have committed unto Him that I have against that day, if I am mistaken, I want to know it. And I want to know it now. Is it the real Christ? Is He the liberator of politics? Or is He the Christ who loved me and gave Himself for me Is he the Christ that has written my name on the palms of his hands? Is he the Christ who brought the doxologies rolling down on the lips of the apostles and the martyrs? Who emptied the blood-stained arenas and the coliseums of the shouting throngs? Who turned over the altars and the pagan temples? Is he the Christ who broke the shackles of slaves? Is he the Christ who lifted up woman and made her a man's companion? Is he the Christ who threw a a zone of mercy around the helplessness of childhood? Is he the Christ who inspired a never-ending hymn of praise and love from his followers? Is he the Christ who warms the heart of those who can say, My beloved is mine and I am his? Is he the Christ that started the possessions winding over the hills and through the valleys and across the streams on the mornings of the Lord's Day to that little brown church in the wildwood? Who can tell me? Where shall I go? Who's going to tell me this? I will go first to the mighty unfallen intelligentsia of heaven. I'll go to Uriel, the angel of light who stands in the sun. I'll go to Raphael, the angel of reason. I'll go to Michael, the angel of the sword. I'll go to Gabriel, the angel of holy song. And I will say to them, mighty angels, is the Christ before You present yourself and your faces crying, Holy, holy, holy. Is the Christ, is that the Christ in whom I have placed my trust? And with all the music of heaven, with the voice like the sound of many waters, they will answer, He is the same. I will go to Abraham and I'll go to Moses and I will say to them, Abraham, Who rejoiced to see Christ in his day and whose offering Isaac on the mount foreshadowed the death of him on the cross? And Moses who wrote of him, tell me, is the Christ in whom you, Abraham, rejoiced and whom you, Moses, wrote? Is he the same Christ in whom I place my trust? And with one voice they will answer, Abraham from Mount Moriah and Moses from Mount Sinai. And they'll say, he is the same. I will go to David, and I will say, David, greatest sinner 
and greatest saint of the Old Testament, and in the Christ whose kingdom you said would be for everlasting kingdom, and would and and would stretch from sea to sea and from river to river and into the ends of the earth. Is that the same Christ in whom I have placed my trust? And with all the music of the Psalms, with every string in that marvelous harp, pouring out the, the matchless melody, David answers me, Oh, <laughs> of course, he's the same. In whom shall I go now? Ah, I will go to Isaiah. And I will say to Isaiah, the suffering and triumphant Christ, whose portrait you painted, who was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, who was numbered with the transgressors. Is he the Christ with whom I have placed my trust? And with the wild seraphic eloquence, Isaiah will say, he's the same one. Amen. I will go to John the Baptist. And I will say to him, great forerunner, uh, is the Christ whom you saw passing by, and you say to him, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Is he the Christ whom I trust to take away my sins? And with wild, wildness voice he answers, He is the same. And I will go to St. Paul. And I'll say to him, St. Paul, that Christ you persecuted against, whose disciples you breathed and threatened and to slaughter, but who met you one day on the gates of Damascus, and you said, and he said to you, who, who are you to persecute me? And why do you persecute me? And he turned you from his greatest enemy to his greatest friend. That one for whose sake you counted all else but refuge, and who you persuaded was able to keep that soul which you had committed unto him until against that day, and who you said stood by you at the very last in the dungeons of Rome. Is, is that the Christ to whom I have committed my soul against that day? And with his incomparable eloquence, St. Paul answers, He is the same. I want to go to St. John. And I will say to him, St. John, disciple whom Jesus loved, and you leaned upon his breast at the supper, and who said his blood cleanses us from all sin. Is he the Christ upon whose breast I have leaned my head? And with, and with all the thunders of the apocalypse, St. John says, he's the same. I will go to St. Peter. And I'll say to St. Peter, is that Jesus whom you confess to be the Son of the living God uh, and whom in his hour of trial you cursed and you denied? But then he turned and looked upon you with such forgiving uh, that night and, he, and you went out and you wept bitterly. Is he the Christ whom I have often denied in my life? but whose yearning and redeeming look I too have seen, and in whose restoring grace I have, I have put my trust. Is he the same? And with that same voice, unmistakable among all the sinners, unmistakable among all the saints and angels and archangels, St. Peter says, Well, John, of course, he's the same. And I will go to the thief on the cross, and I will say to him, you who at first reviled when you hung uh, him, when you hung at his side on the cross, and then you began to repent, and Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And you heard him answer you, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Is he the Christ whose voice I believe someday I will hear it say, to me, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And with the voice with which only the redeemed can speak, the dying but now forever living thief answers to me, he is the same. I will leave the ages behind and I will ask all of the redeemed and all those who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb and who lift up their songs by the sea of the glass mingled with fire. Is this Christ whom you praise, the one to whom I owe my life, the one whom I owe my health, the one to whom I owe my breath? 
or those, uh, and who saves me from the grave and the music of that new song. They answered, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. He is the same. There then is the eternal and triumphant Christ. When we preach Him, we preach to the eternities. This is the Christ for you. This is the Christ for me. He is the same yesterday. He is the Christ for your yesterdays. Have there been failures in your life in yesterday? Have you made mistakes in your life in yesterdays? Have you made transgressions in your life? Are there things you would like to forget? Are there things you would like to blot out? Here then is the Christ for your yesterday. Hear what he says to you. Their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. As far as the east is from the west, so, the, uh, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Christ is the same yesterday. Christ is the same today. He is the Christ for your today. You have your fears, just like me. You have your burdens, just like I do. You have your disappointments. You have your loneliness. You have your sorrows. You have your infirmities. You have thorns in the flesh. You have thorns in the spirit. How, here then is the Christ for that today. We can say, He is able. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. Come unto me, He says, and I will give you rest. Christ the same forever. Christ for tomorrow. Because we don't know uh, who holds tomorrow? We have a lot of fear about tomorrow, but we know who holds our hand. And he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you always. There's another phrase I would be bold enough to add to the text. For me. For me. Can you finish the text that way? That way now, if you have never done so, will you say with me, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever for me. Can you say that? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, and today, and forever for me. And then we're going to stand and we're going to sing a wonderful song. Precious Lord, take my hand. Take my hand. 254 if you need the words. They'll be up on the screen here in a few seconds. 254 in this little book right here. Let's cry out to God and ask Him to take our hand. He's the same yesterday when He wanted to take our hand then. He's the same today when He wants to take it today. And He will be the same tomorrow. He'll not deny you and say, I don't want to have take your hand anymore. He will say, just cry out to me and I will. Let's, let's offer up this beautiful song. When my way grows drear, precious Lord, linger near. When my life is almost gone, hold my high, hear my call, hold my hand, lest I fall, precious hand. Precious Lord, lead me home. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. But the storm through the night Lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord. Lead me home. Chorus one more time. When my way grows near, precious Lord, linger near. When my life is all. Oh. 
hear my call, hold my hand, lest I fall. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Whatever you are afraid of, Jesus is the same. Whatever you have fallen into that you are likely to never get out of, Jesus is the same. Whatever that you find the door closed and you're just sitting there saying, somebody open the door. He says, I am the door. Jesus is the same. Whatever you're dealing with in your spirit, in your soul, or in your body, Jesus is the same. He's waiting for you to call on Him today. We're coming to the end of the service. I'm going to be helping other people be able to get into the cafeteria. But I am here for you today. We have elders among the women who are here for you today. We have elders among the men who are here today. Others in the congregation who would be willing to help you in any way possible. Let us close out with prayer and come and join us for a meal today where we can sit and thank God He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we claim Him as our own. And He claims us as His own. Father, I thank You for my brothers and my sisters. I thank You for the church. I thank You for the church family. I thank You for this meal. We're praying over the meal right now too, Father. We ask Your blessings to fall upon everybody today. Help us to come back this evening so we can pray over what You're wanting to do among our young people. These young people may not yet be all that we want them to be, but they are going to be quickened to the meat of the Word, and they're going to become more, and they're going to do it quickly, because we believe in what You want to do. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say... Amen. Those that need to go to the front of the line, make sure that you're, that you're coming to the front of the line to get there.